And then this other younger girl, she was about 17. She's like, Oh my gosh, I want to be just like you when I get older. Were you always, were you always an amazing speaker? And I was like, no, I used to pass out. And she's like, how did you get there? You know, da, da, da. And so all these people, it was the first time I've ever spoken where I felt like, wow, the branding has worked because wow. it wasn't me being treated as a commodity. I was like, and that they, these were the people who really balked at the even $2,000, you know, of a speaker fee. Mm-hmm. And both of the owners were there or the people who were running it. And they both by far said, that was just so you know, that was worth more than we paid you. She's like, and we want to have you back. And I was like, oh my gosh. Legacy is our mission. Impact is our vision. But in the red ocean of fake gurus and wannabe experts, there's only one way to truly stand out and break through the noise. Welcome to the Masters of Influence podcast, where you will learn tips, tricks, and strategies to help you scale your online business faster than you ever thought possible. Today, we are here with the incredibly amazing Tiffany Armstrong, who focuses on empowering other women through self-defense so they can have the confidence and the peace of mind that they would love to have. Even if you're a petite woman, I thought it'd be great to have you share not only your story, but a little bit of your journey that usually a lot of people don't share, right? So would you mind sharing a little bit of what got you to even start with the whole idea of teaching women about self-defense? Well, that, my friend, started about 20 years ago when I was attacked. Um, I was with some friends and uh in college and we were over at my uh, an acquaintance's house basically so my friend i was working and my friend said hey you want to go to our friend's house and hang out for a bit so i said absolutely so i went with um and i was sitting on the couch there was about 12 of us sitting around the couches just having a couple drinks and appetizers and suddenly the door just smashed open and we all jumped and looked and i um it was an acquaintance's house, so I didn't know who belonged there. So in walks really quickly this six foot four guy, oversized sweatshirt, just like you kind of seen a movie, um, and you could just tell he was on drugs because it wasn't like drunk stumbling. He just you know how people look off and they just can't even focus on anything. So um, he was just clearly on drugs, and so I my first thought was that guy's scary looking. My second thought was maybe this is the brother coming home. You know, like I didn't know if that was somebody who belonged there because how did he get in the front door? Um, yep. And I'm then, surprised everybody kind of just was like, well, someone's here. Yeah. No, that's the whole thing. And that's part of what I teach. This is part of why I teach how I teach is because I turned around and every single person was solid pan- panicking. I mean, they were just completely frozen and solid. And nobody moved, nobody, not one word came out of anybody's mouths. And I was just like, what is happening here? And, you know, it's just that real quick split second because this all happened in a matter of seconds. And so this guy walks through the front door, immediately walks around, and he just landed on me, stuck his hand right down my shirt and started licking my neck. I'll never forget his smell, like his scent, you know? I mean, it's just like it's imprinted on you. And still nobody was moving. Everybody was literally just watching all this happen frozen and I'm like what in the heck and so Hmm. um I didn't know any self-defense at the moment but I I always knew like you know sometimes you can talk 
an attacker out of something or you could, you know, you could be savvy, use your sales skills, right? And so all I did was really lightly tap him off because I didn't want to shove him because um, I didn't know if he had a weapon or something. And so I just lightly tapped him off and created just a little space between our faces, enough for me to look him in the eye and kind of with some empathy actually and just say, hey, you know, it doesn't seem like anybody knows you here, but we have a ton of food and drinks that you could take for the road and just be on your merry way. I don't know exactly how I said it, but he straight up took us up on that and started shoving beer in his sweatshirt. And he literally walked out with a plate of food. And we were like, what the heck just happened? Um, so we he thought just, that was, he just took off with the food. Yeah, exactly. And us being the naive young kids, because I think I was, I was 19, 20 at the, uh, at the time, we did not call the cops. It was in the farmlands of Pewaukee, Wisconsin, and um, not a, another house for miles. And it was just one of those things that we just thought, wow, that guy was nuts and he was on drugs and he's having a day of it kind of thing. So, right. Um, right. so while we're talking about it, about I think a half hour later, so I start walking down. Uh, so there's the living room, a long hallway with a bathroom in it, and then the kitchen. So we did go around and lock all the doors and everything like that. Um, somebody asked do we need to lock all the windows or are they already locked? And the guy who lived there said, no, um, it's a rent. We live in a ranch. And we never unlocked the windows. Well, we didn't check it and they were unlocked because what was happening is I was walking from the living room down to the kitchen and sure enough, these random hands reach out of the bathroom, grab me and pull me in aggressively. And it was him. He was back in the house. He shut the bathroom door and he started literally slamming me up against the door, creating a hole in the door. My head was hitting so hard. I was trying to stay conscious. Oh my gosh. His fingers were grabbing my arms so tight that they were like literally inside my skin. I mean, it was just so powerful. You know, people on drugs, they just have that extra yeah. power behind them and they don't feel pain. Right. So here's the crazy part is that two weeks before I was taking a kickboxing class, I weighed about 35 pounds heavier back then and I was trying to lose weight back then. So I was doing my kickboxing class and the owner of the dojo walked in when we were doing our final cool down and he said, I'm just going to show you three self-defense moves just to show them to you. Three martial arts moves, three self-defense moves. And he goes, just for fun. And so he came down. So we're all cooling down and we just learned three very, very basic concepts. So as this man is smashing me up against the bathroom door, that is all that flashed through my head was I've never practiced these moves, but these are the only three moves I've ever learned and I don't know what else to do. So I used those three concepts, just got him out of my grips. I distracted him to get his attention elsewhere. And then I just struck my palm up to his face. I didn't even know what I was striking at. It was so quick. Um, but it snapped his head back and he lost his balance and I was able to get out and the police came and he had been wanted for two rapes and an attempted homicide. Um, so he went to prison and I, found out later I had broken his nose <laughs> so well, that's good news yeah so he's he's still in prison as far as I know um wow it taught me a lot and it just lit a fire under my butt that you know like my gosh I saved my own life with the only three moves that I've ever learned two weeks before and I just I had to like I just felt a deep calling to move forward and you know, learn this so I can share it. This is like, if this is happening to me, this is happening to anybody. Um, and he, he did tell the police that he had chosen me out of everybody else there. Like he was casing the home from the outside, looking in the windows. And he told the police that out of everybody there, he pegged me as the one he wanted as his victim. And so I had to, I studied all that um, to really understand 
how attackers are choosing their victims. So I went on to get my two different second degree black belts and um, I've been teaching for 20 years. I, I have never stopped. I, I got my black belt in a, a quicker time than most others have ever gone in the world because I lived and breathed at that dojo. I worked there. I, I actually quit my other job to work there so I could have constant access to this material. Wow. This Meaning that ever since that day, you were obsessed with learning as much as possible about self-defense. Yes. And I learned from, so I studied Taekwondo, which is the kicking, punching, spin kicks. And in a real life situation, if I were ever attacked again, I'm not going to jump up and spin kick somebody to the head. It doesn't make feasible sense. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I fell in love with combat Hapkido, which is more gun and knife submission holds, quick okay. down and dirty self-defense. But okay. since then, um, so that's what I studied. But since then, because I am so obsessed with this, I have looked into so many different types of martial arts and just watched videos on it, gone to classes, all this kind of stuff, because I wanted to take every bit of what I could, because each of them have their strong points. Each martial art and self-defense um, line has its strong points. And so I wanted to go study the mental side of self-defense, but also I don't want to just be pigeonholed into, this is the only type of self-defense I want to learn. You know, So I've, I've learned from so many different teachers and I've kind of melded what I teach into what I know works for a petite woman, basically. Um, like the mm. person who's at the most disadvantage, like a disadvantage, a petite woman or even a woman in a wheelchair, something like that. Mm. Um, I want to know what we can do because then if I can teach a petite woman how to defend herself against a large man, then a large man can use those same skills to defend himself against a lot, another large man. So Very I figured I'd go for the most vulnerable person, figure out how they can protect themselves, and then it can expand from there. Makes total sense. And you proved it yourself when you were able to defend yourself from this man. Was he like six feet tall or something like that? Or? He's 6'4", pretty large guy, kind okay. of st stocky guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, he definitely had some weight behind him. And when he was jamming me into that, he, I was off of my feet. I mean, he just picked me right up and started smashing me against the door. So he, he had some wow. strength, superpower strength with him. And a part of that was probably the drugs too, you know, but, um, yeah, you know, one of, one of the most fascinating aspects of this story, apart from the fact that you just said you defended yourself against the six, four individual is from what you mentioned in the past that you had a, another martial arts, individual in there right a friend of yours or something like that right yep yep he was a friend of mine he was a fourth degree black belt um and that is why i teach what i teach about the mental side of how to overcome your own fear response i work with like hawaiian healers and other uh, hypnotists and things like that to help people overcome their own fear response because he literally was sitting there watching this attack happen and he froze in fear and he had he had he was a fourth degree black belt years of training and when it came down to it he froze. And so that's why I say you can learn every single technique in the book, but until you understand how to overcome your own fear response, those could be rendered useless. People forget how to pull a trigger out on a gun when the gun is in their hand, you know? Right. So it's so important to not just understand techniques. It's so important to understand what to do in the moment, how to settle your adrenaline, how to be laser focused, even when you have that adrenaline flowing versus just you know, reacting. There's such a big difference between a reaction and a response. A reaction is our intuition trying to kick in and like, what do I do now? And you're trying to, you're behind the ball already. A response is pre-planned. Like if a man lays his hands on me, I know exactly what 
few things I would choose to do. And it's not a choreographed dance. Nothing can be predicted because nothing, you know, everything's going to go flying everywhere. But I know exactly my concepts that I would be applying no matter what was happening. And I would be laser focused in that situation. And I have had other situations where I was startled by someone who didn't seem like they had good intentions. And I'm telling you, I poofed up, stared them right in the eyes, and I was ready. I was ready for my inner mama bear to come out. <laughs> Um, and I set some boundaries and I got them to go away, but yeah. it's, uh, it really is so much about the mindset. It seems even more than the techniques. Yeah, the techniques, I consider that about like, yes, you need to understand the skill of where to strike somebody, how to properly do, you know, a throat strike or an eye gouge or something else, you know, depending on how fancy we want to get. But right. really and truly, um, you know, attackers were, these attackers were um, studied and they asked you know, um, like what would, what has you choose victims first of all, but also like what has you not choose victims? And they, they basically said right out of their own mouth, if the person looks confident, like they know what they're doing, if the person looks like they're willing to fight for themselves and if they act crazier than them. So if the victim, the chosen victim, all of a sudden starts acting crazier and more intense mm -hmm. than the attacker, the attackers, a lot of times it will deter them. So I don't want to deal with this crazy mess. I'm going to go choose an easier target. So they'll run. Um, and it happens. So just acting psychotic <laughs> is a self-defense yeah. technique that I teach. I say act crazier than them. Bring out your inner psycho mama bear, you know. Um, That's awesome. You would never think of that. That's the thing. That if Right now it sounds logical, like, of course, yeah. but... That's where we're going with this, that intuitively most people don't think of even doing that in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of people just panic and cave, you know? You see those on YouTube, the people getting pranked, and some people... The clown pranks? Kick. Yeah, some people right. can't even fall. That's their natural response. And some people poof up and jack the person in the face without even thinking about it. And it's right. like, what is the difference between those two people? And that's what yeah. I've been studying for all these years is like, what drives people? And what are their habits? Like, why are some people fearless? And some people cave at the sight of, you know, being startled. So it's really fascinating um, to start noticing those patterns in people. It is fascinating. And it actually gets me to the point of uh, that word fearless that you just pronounced because we have noticed with your audience that they resonate with that word, fearless. Yes, yes it's something that they're aspiring to be, you know. I think giving the audience hope, and not only hope, and I say giving them a target of being fearless, giving them a hope that they can get there. And then that's what all the videos, all the things that you've helped me with have been helping them to take those steps to get to that point. So it's like we're helping, we're helping be the bridge. I know you've said that before, be the bridge right. that gets them to that goal. And fearlessness is a goal in all aspects of life because every single thing we do we function in fear. Every argument we get into with uh, our significant other is stemming from a fear. Every attack, obviously, is coming from a fear. But certain decisions we make as business owners, you know, the health of a business is 80% dependent on the psychology of the business owner, right? So if we're functioning mm -hmm. from our fears, our business is going to change. So we have to get on top of that stuff for ourselves as well. So I love that fearless word. So well said. And the interesting thing is that the fear will always be there. As we all know, it's not like it'll go away. You just make it go away and there's no fear. And that's how you can do things, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's self-defense or business decision, it's actually knowing how to maneuver around the fear. Exactly. I love that. That's exactly how I look at fearlessness because it's not that the fear doesn't exist. It's having that fear and doing it anyway. 
you know, there's, there's, and figuring out, doing whatever it takes to figure out, okay, here's my fear, here's what's stopping me. Every single thing in my business, and, and you and I have had these discussions where all of a sudden there'll be a few days in a row where I'm just not feeling the energy that I typically would feel um, about something, and I start procrastinating on something. And what you and I have talked about is, you know, there's something stopping me. Like, what is the fear? Like, is, is the fear of doing these videos and being seen or whatever? And once I, once I uncover that fear, it's like, oh, that's easy. And then I handle it, and then I just start driving forward like I'm a mad woman again. You know what I mean? So, but it is amazing when we start to slow down in our businesses to just have that awareness to say, what well, what is actually stopping me? Like, why am I procrastinating? What's the why behind it all? And what's the fear behind it all? And there's always a little fear that's stopping me. So, well, I find that fascinating because you have been through such an interesting journey, right? You you could even call it a self discovery, couldn't mm -hmm. you? Oh yeah. You're you're uncovering parts of yourself that maybe you didn't even know existed in the past and then realizing once you look back wow like now that i am this way that i see it this clear is why i've been able to accomplish this that could have not happened until right until now a hundred percent yeah i i think every I think it's amazing to look back with hindsight of just, I mean, starting from childhood on, you know, every single thing that's happened with different types of abuse, but also just with my business growth, um, anything that I've been faced with, uh, that I've butted up against, it's so easy to now look back and think, you know, over and over and over, that had to happen for me to get here. And then that had to happen for me to get here. So now what I'm finding is when I am butting up against something, something comes up in my life or my business, um, instead of feeling like, ah, so in it, I almost take that step back now and look at it with that childlike curiosity. And I'm just like, what's this trying to teach me? You know, what kind of divine intervention is coming my way this time? Because every single challenge that's come up, it's opened a different door for me. Um, and it's amazing how when you are just wi eyes wide open looking for those doors, like you and I have been through this last, what, seven months, well, about a year, but now seven months of really hardcore, um, how laser fast we've been going through stuff. It's because you and I have both been opening our eyes to all those doors when something comes up. And I can I feel like I've done five years of work progression in about seven months uh, with us. That's huge point. Five years, you just said. Well, here's the thing, that most people stay five years just thinking about things, right? Right. And when they see someone like you, even what, like you were sharing right now, you just did an event last night where women were like, oh my gosh, Tiffany, I'm such a big fan, right? Yeah. I value such up here, right? Maybe they see you there now and everybody's going, wow, look at you now with over 20K followers. You got a group with over 2,000 women. You got all these things. You got paid events, all these things, right? They see the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't understand that there's a lot going on underwater, right? Yes. To, to even get there. So it's interesting that you even say that five years compressed into technically we started running ads since April. Right now it's July, mid-July. So it's been about three months mm -hmm. of actually like the machine, right? Yes. It's been moving ever since the website was published, right? But mm -hmm. Even before that, even before that, here's the thing. You did take some time to develop a business plan, which in my eyes is rare. 
I don't see it a lot of times, especially in the online online coaching world, right? Mm-hmm. You're smiling because you're like, yep. Because you've, do- you've done a business without the business plan, right? And it failed miserably. <laughs> and I learned a <laughs> lot of lessons along the way. But right. yes, the business plan. I can't say enough about it. I have, I think my business plan, and you helped me through so much of that, was, um, it was about 24 pages long. As detailed as detail can be, even with like emotion words in there about how we want to feel, um, but exactly what we want to achieve, what the timeline is. And so it's so amazing to be able to have that be our foundation, like our North Star. Um, And the extra amazing thing is to be able to check back with it and see that we've done stuff in uh, double the speed. Like certain things you said were going to take three to five months, took one and a half months you know, to gain those followers and all that kind of stuff. And it was because at, we we literally did everything right from the beginning, really tested the audience and really like, we know exactly what needs to come out of my mouth to land for people. But the beautiful part is it's just the authentic side of me. You know what I mean? That's a, Which is incredible. It makes it easier. Yeah. It, it is. I don't need to act. I'm just completely me. I'm giving my authentic, but we tested that first to make sure that was going to work. Cause otherwise I might've made some different decisions if they were, requiring me to be a different person. I'm not sure I would have gone down the same path. Um, but it's it's been amazing to look back at that business plan and be able to see like we we just blew our goals, our expectations out of the water. And it just validates that we're on the right path. That's what that does for me. It <laughs> is amazing, especially how you just said it. And the fact that a lot of people, when they look at their vision and go, wow, like it, it's probably going to take so much work and so much time and so much money that right i'm just gonna yeah it's gonna be on hold right let's put it on hold until i figure some of these things out that's what you just said a testament of it's not about putting things on hold it's not about waiting for things to make themselves right it's taking the actions that are necessary to make things right to make them go the best they can absolutely and I'll tell you that I was that person. I, I've had this in my brain, this business, for somewhere between five and seven years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was once I met you that I took action because you and I, I started bouncing this idea off of you and you saw the vision with me. And so much of that was like, wow, there's another person who like really sees how successful this actually could be. It was before it was just me talking to my friends and family. They're like, oh, that's nice. You want to do self-defense? That's good, you know? And I'm like, no, I, I really think it could be bigger. And you were the first person to say, Tip, this isn't a $1 million business. This is a $100 million business. And you were, you were, and I was like, I think it is. You know, like I just, you started <laughs> expanding to that. And, but, um, so I, I, paw, I put the pause button on this for at least five years uh, because I didn't, you know, you and I always talk about being the bridge. I mentioned it earlier. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to take my vision and bring it to the online world. And you have been my bridge for that. And I, I couldn't move forward because I didn't have that clarity and that uh, understanding of how to do that. And so once once we you know start working together, um, you were just like, oh yeah, th- this is how we do it. And in this order, and we test this, so we know this. And like every single thing you do is testing. And so when it comes back, it made it so easy for me. Not that it hasn't been a ton of work, because it's been hard, I'm not gonna lie, but um, time and energy wise. but. Um, I've given it my all and you've given it your all and it's like we're blowing our goals out of the water like tenfold you know so hard and and smart work pays off and now you're seeing 
especially with that event that you did last night and seeing the feedback from the women and yeah they're not was, treating right? me as a commodity yeah they're not treating me as like a, oh because i've done so i've been speaking for 20 years and i think the most i was ever paid was like you know 300 bucks for three hours you know and it's and it's just uh and it was just not appreciated as much honestly like you know i was treated as a commodity like oh yeah can you talk and i did so many free events which is wonderful because my goal is to get the word out there you know but when I can actually get paid to do this, I can pour more money into impacting more people. So I, I am not shy about asking for money anymore um, because I've put my heart and soul into this for 20 years and you've really supported me in understanding how to, how to ask for that um, higher speaker fee and just all the other kind of stuff because I do know my value, <laughs> you know? It's a lot of work to get here and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to get here and um, we're impacting the world and, you know, yes. I, just such a such a huge shift in six months for me um, we started talking about a year ago but it's really been the last six months that we started recording the videos all the video series um, and then yeah the ads have just been going for a few months and it's just like the engagement is out of control it's just out of control high like off the charts high and not only crazy. not only high but it's meaningful as well quality it's yeah. true connections true connections I had a lady call me this morning from Nebraska. She had a question about a self-defense tool just in general. So I was private messaging with her and then she ordered it and she wasn't sure she was going to get it on time. Um, and this is a separate company she ordered it through, but she was just asking my advice because I know this company. So she called or yeah, she called and left me a message saying, I'm leaving on my trip and it's the first trip I'm ever taking alone and I want to make sure I have my pepper spray. And um, I just called her right back and we had this whole conversation. She goes, I can't believe you're the one who picked up. You know, she's like, I thought, you know, somebody else would be. And I said, no, I said, this is my direct line. You know, I want to be able to help. And so we called the company together, got her pepper spray all set. So she's going and I gave her lots of different tips of how to do uh, hotel safety. So when she's staying in the hotel, some different things she can do. And um, she is now having like pure peace of mind. And she was really kind of almost on the paranoia level, like really worried and fearful. And she's like, I got this. This is going to be a great trip. And um, so it's, it's, uh, it's amazing how deeply I, I have built so many friendships <laughs> through this. You said that to me. What did, what did you say? You're about to make a, a lot I'm of new make friends. A lot of new friends, yeah. <laughs> you know what makes it easy for you that, as far as what I've seen? what you're such a giving individual you know you're you're giving you giving you give you like like exactly what you just said what i've seen no absolutely the thing is that i've seen so many people and i still see it nowadays that are very eager to take that it pushes away people rather than attract them yes and, right this is very common in dating most this is probably the most <laughs> obvious situation right and i think men are probably a little bit guiltier in the dating world than women we work with another uh we have another client as a dating coach and it's we see that situation a lot more often mm -hmm. uh but even just confessing as a guy you can be be very uh leaning forward so to say when you see a girl you're very attracted to and you're like oh i want to take 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 right when you got to remember no 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 i got to give first relax, take it easy. You know, let's shake hands first, get to know each other. Right. And it's like in coaching world, same thing. A lot of people are like, well, I got a book. I just want you to buy it. Right. Or I got my course. Have you checked out my free training? You know, it's like they forget that this is 
a human being. Mm -hmm. It's just the same as if you met somebody at a mall and you had to just be you. Like, are you going to be awkward? Are you going to be cool or chill? Right. Mm -hmm. so, and, and that's the beautiful thing. You, you know, not only have you had the charisma, which of course makes it easy to connect with someone through video, but you have the mindset and the spirit of giving, which is absolutely indispensable. It's essential. It, it is because all people, all of us human beings, all we want to do is be seen and heard, right? Like heard and understood. And mm -hmm. so when people are, you know, commenting, like I respond to every single comment. I mean, it's really important for me to uh, acknowledge that they're also giving. I mean, by, by being on the page or in the group and sharing what they shared, um, you know, they need to be acknowledged as well. And I do take my time to do that. And I have processes set up where I can really focus and be present in the group and, and have people feel heard. And then when mm -hmm. they message me, I do, I get back to every single one of them. It's extremely important to me. Um, and I, I remember that video I did um, where I just gave a whole bunch of tips. I can't remember. It was a, a Facebook live I did in the group. And it was just giving, 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 you know, a whole bunch of techniques, a whole bunch of mindset techniques, all this kind of stuff that I've learned. And this lady at the end um, wrote, and I didn't ask for anything. And this lady at the end uh, wrote, oh my gosh, I'm in tears. This was so impactful. And I was waiting for the catch. I was waiting for you to be like, I just gave you all that. Now I'm ready to take from you. And so she was just, she acknowledged the fact that I just gave all that value away for free. And it's, you know, we have processes of choosing what to give away for free and what not to, right? But we, I give a ton for free and that's by your guidance, you know what I mean? And um, I'm telling you, it works because people are just feeling like I'm their true sister or friend or family member. I call them all soul sisters because I feel really, I, I personally genuinely feel connected to these women. This is not an act I'm putting on, you know? I want to know. Another lady private messaged me today um, that she was having a big transition in her life, and we messaged back and forth, and I told her to update me when it switched or shifted, and she updated me today saying, I just wanted to update you. You told me to update you, and I was so proud of her. She's moving to Germany and making a huge life transition based on a couple of things we talked about. So, mm. um, so it's just being present, being truly present, not present to set yourself up to take. Like There's a whole different mindset, and I, I do see that with a lot of online I look at all these online entrepreneurs and I look at how they respond and it's like, they think any response is just a good enough response mm -hmm. is what I'm seeing because I've, I've commented and I'll get like, thanks love or, or just something real simple um, where I, I take, and then I see that all the other 10 comments all got the same exact response or something. It's almost like a copy and paste situation, you know? Um, and when, I do my absolute best to respond very individually. Like I think about, I'm talking to just this person right now and I'm going to respond as such versus just thanks love. Thanks lovey. Thanks that are, you know, and just go through like the, yes. the same thing over and over again, same emojis. It's like, I want them to know, like I'm using their name. There's no copying pasting happening here. You know what I mean? That's beautiful. And here's the thing, even if you're using an assistant or a VA for this type of commenting, right? Yeah. Some people do. It's about them understanding, hey, we got to maintain this personal relationship and not make it feel like, like literally I got a, a, I'm a big fan of this one influencer and I, I got a response where it felt like it was her assistant immediately. Mm -hmm. Like you can, we, we can tell, mm -hmm. right? Little nuances. Of course. And, and it was like, oh, 
it actually sends you the other way. Believe it or not, a lot of entrepreneurs or influencers that do that don't realize it's hurting their monetization, it's hurting their conversion rates, it's hurting everything. All the numbers that you are so obsessed with, right, as a business owner, they are influenced in a way that those results will be influenced by that level of connection that you have. Well, that's what you taught me is, you know, when the engagement goes down, because it's feeling inauthentic, right? When the engagement goes down, the Facebook algorithms say, oh, people don't like your stuff as much because they're not engaging as much, which drives up your cost. You've taught me all that. I've been so fascinated with that ever since. And actually, I feel really comfortable not having to know every single detail of it because you know that. I don't want to know all of it, but you give me enough information to understand and it helps drive me to keep my content coming or keep my content fresh or keep my authentic communication happening because uh, yes, it is going to affect my bottom line also, but it also is going to just affect how big of an impact I can make on the world. If people aren't wanting to listen because I'm not really present, you know, how am I going to help them save their life? So, and that is the thing. If you can't have people want to listen to you, then you don't have their attention. Yeah. Here's one of the things that I mentioned to a lot of the coaches is you have to first earn attention in little chunks and believe it or not, these people are giving to you. Even when they have not given you money yet, they're giving you their time. Mm -hmm. So at first, you got to earn 10 seconds of their time, right? Or 10 to 30. Mm -hmm. In your case, we earn 30 with that initial video that we're running, right? This is how we're running it. We have 30 seconds of that video, and then they get into other content that varies in length. But think about it. I see some people throwing a, an hour video to a complete stranger Again, think about it from a perspective. I would say if you're walking down the mall and somebody stopped you with a flyer and wanted yeah. to talk to you for half an hour to a one hour, you'd be like, get the hell away from me, right? <laughs> and it's over. That person, if she sees you again, will avoid you. Right. Same thing online. And it's interesting how it just, it feels like some people forget that it's exactly the same way. But if you play the game of, let me just earn this little chunk, 30 seconds, then one minute, then possibly we can spend two minutes together mm -hmm. and then five minutes together. And then the next thing you know it, I'm doing a Facebook live or an IG live and you're spending the whole hour with me, mm -hmm. right? And then I invite you into our free training and you're the first one to jump in. Mm -hmm. And then I launched the beta or the pilot program, whatever it is. And we already have people lined up raving about what you're launching. Mm -hmm. It seems so logical and simple when we say it this way right now, right? But <laughs> it was fascinating to do some videos because I was not proficient at doing videos. <laughs> you know, I had a rough start with that, like just acting a little bit nervous, but also just almost word vomiting stuff that really wasn't relevant. I wasn't piquing their interest enough to have them even listen to the tip. You know, all that kind of stuff was guided by you. And so it's, it's funny to go back and look at my first videos where I was like, oh gosh, I wouldn't even want to listen. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, that was horrible. You know what I mean? Oh um, my gosh. That's so funny to say it that way. But, but you know what's funny? That when I looked at those, I didn't feel that way. Here's the thing. <laughs> I always see potential. Yeah. And that's the best way to look at this, to not feel like, oh my gosh, but I got to freaking now go to Hollywood and, and take yeah. acting lessons or this and that. It's like, no, no, no. 
progress is better than perfection, but you can improve it, right? And that's what you did. You just kept doing it and doing it, and you're self-aware, which is the most important part. Yeah, well, and so much of it, honestly, came down to my mindset about, I know what I'm really good at. I know what my zones of genius are. When I was in front of the camera and you were behind the camera and you would give me a piece of advice, I checked my ego at the door and I was like, whatever this man is going to ask me to do, I'm going to do it and try it on. I'm not going to judge it. Um, I think I questioned one time. I was like, is this really this? And all of a sudden I did it and it landed really well. I'm like, sold. I'll never question you again on that stuff. But it was really fascinating how you really helped step by step guide me into being way more comfortable on camera, uh, way more natural, but also like, what I was saying and the order in which I was saying it and how I was saying it. And I watched my videos go from having, you know, 20 views to what, 400,000 views or something like that, you know, like yes. that. And, um, you know, they're just gaining so much momentum and that's because of so much of like what you've guided me to honestly. So, cause I did not know anything about being on camera besides I have this tip I'm going to give you right now. <laughs> I get, you know, it's just like so awkward. <laughs> so. That's awesome. But what you just said right now, the fact that you built that momentum is huge. It's what a lot of people are trying to do and they get stuck in them basically even just the beginning because momentum is not necessarily about frequency, mm -hmm. right? You can post and post and post all you want. But if you do the same thing, it's like the Einstein quote, create insanity is <laughs> doing the same thing again and again and it's a different result. It's not going to work. So same thing. If we're talking about specifically the Facebook algorithm because it's a different beast, so to say, than Instagram nowadays, I'll tell you this. If you can master the Facebook algorithm, which you've done, right, with the way that we're doing things and content-wise, then you are setting yourself up for an easy breezy with Instagram or whatever other platform is a lot more open, right? So with, in regards to influence, what you've done is be so self-aware that you're like, you know what, I'm going to switch this. I'm going to switch that. I'm going to keep it short. I'm going to go ahead and hook in first, right? Those, those are some of the things that we discuss always having a hook in the beginning giving value as soon as possible. Uh, a common even mistake that I see a lot of, a lot of time out there, which I remember that you were initially getting into the zone as well was in every video saying, Hey, this is Tiffany Armstrong. And I did it. And we're like, it's funny. Like I was like, Tiffany, we know who you are. We see your name in the little profile picture. You don't need to say that. Right. <laughs> no, I need to say it again. No. Yeah. That makes <laughs> It makes such good sense. Yeah. And well, I loved looking at the reports with you. Um, that was so telling for me to be able to look at a video that I put out there and you pushed, you know, and then we'd see, Oh, you, your viewership started way up here. And within three seconds, it dropped off or within 10 seconds, they dropped off. And so then what we would do is go back and look at the videos. That was one of the most helpful things for me to understand what I did at the beginning to have them drop off. And then we go look at a video that worked where the viewership stayed a lot more consistent. And it's like, what did I do different in this video? What had people want to watch, start watching it? And so we started each video I did, we'd look at the reports and then I was starting to start, we started to come up with a formula. You helped me with the original formula, but mm -hmm. now there's like a formula like, okay, when I do this on video, when I physically do this, when I say this, 
first. Move the I, camera there. Yeah, that was all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I'm just going to try that. So we started looking at the videos that were working mm -hmm. and started almost modeling a formula after them. And goodness, do those videos do much? They just get so many more views and engagement than the ones when I don't do that. So it's, a, it's cool in six months, well, three months really, to just have seen such that's what I love about you, Dater, is that immediately you look. Like, I'll put a video out, and within, like, two days, you'll have already assessed all this stuff, and you're like, okay, next video, we did, so we take quick pivots when we need to take quick pivots, and um, we learn learn from stuff very quickly. So That's it's awesome. not taking very long, you know, to make those big improvements. The interesting thing what you just said is how you focus on using the feedback in the data, right, because the women are not going to tell you. Of course, it's going to what's going to tell you if something's working or not primarily is, did you get comments? Did you get likes? Did you get engagement? Did you get mm -hmm. direct messages, right? But being able to even look behind the scenes past that and say, you know what? Now that we've done whatever, 20, 30 videos, what's truly standing out? And what are these graphs and numbers saying? Oh, wait, that one that did really well, this is what happened. This is what the graph is saying. So that's something we could try again. And there you go. You did it again with the same pattern. And all of a sudden you had another video that's over 20,000 views organically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah. It, it was amazing just to be able to see, see the reports, but just to also make strategic decisions based on what videos are working, what ones aren't. And then I love the behind the scenes as to why, you know, you could start to, like you just said, start to see those patterns. And so what I'll do before I record a video now is I go look at my top three videos that I've done recently that are just gaining momentum or continued to have momentum. I watch all three of them, take note of like what the patterns are, and then I'll do another video along those lines and it takes off. So it's really cool to be able to develop these patterns. And that's why I think we're moving so quickly because we're pivoting so quickly based on, you know, what's happening right in front of us. Why do you think, a funnel works horribly nowadays, unless you're Tony Robbins already, right? But even then, it works horribly with you trying to get somebody to buy your $800 or $2,000 product on first interaction. Yeah, you haven't built that relationship. You know? Exactly. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't buy either from somebody who I'm just seeing their face and they're asking for a, a price like that. It's positioning. You need positioning. I've seen people complain about a $3 book yeah. Matter of fact, I wrote that book. It was a yeah. little, it was a little 10 pager that I just called it like a little guide. I did this like six years ago and I sold it on Amazon three bucks. Cause I was like, man, this is really going to help someone. Here's what happened. I got bad reviews after bad reviews immediately. People saying, man, you could have found this stuff for free on YouTube. Da, 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 da. I was like, dude, it's three bucks. Cause I, in the beginning, here's the thing. I was thinking of just leaving it for $1, mm -hmm. right? For $1. <laughs> and then I decided to just put it in Kindle publishing, <clears throat> making nothing, but I guess probably I could still do. And that would probably work better. Mm -hmm. It was in a totally, completely different thing. So I just decided to take it down. Uh, but that was technically, those were my initial days of testing out how a funnel worked and what didn't work. Mm -hmm. See, I was asking too much too soon. It does not matter if it's $300 or $3. 
the same experience will happen if it's yep. too, too much too soon. That makes such good sense. And we've, you know, I've experienced that in certain ways in my old, you know, the other business that I failed at. And so it's, it is just a matter of you just kind of don't know the path until you test some things first. And then it's really all about building the relationship in the proper way, in the proper steps, in the proper order, in the proper manner. And then it works like a charm if you stick to it. Every single so, day. Every mm -hmm. single day. It's yeah. funny. It's funny that we see so many people that are so eager to get the transaction done that it, it really leaves a bad name on the word sales, to be honest. Yes. And I say that because influence is essential for a sale to happen. That's what we're talking about here, right? Influence. If you can be a master of influence, you can be a master of sales. You can be a master at monetizing online. You can be a master at getting people to take action and not just take action, but following through with taking action, right? Mm -hmm. If they get into That's training, they finish the training. Yep. Commit. Yeah. And I, I mean, I really set this business up in a way where I didn't have to pay a bill necessarily until one year. And so I wanted to set this whole year aside for three specific things, creation. So actually creating the videos and building these relationships without feeling like I need to ask anything from them for like a whole year. I wanted to give myself the space to not ask for any money from anybody for a whole year and maybe we'll do it sooner, maybe not. Um, but I wanted to be able to give myself that space to not feel that scarcity mentality or that pressure on myself to be like, okay, oh my gosh, my bills are coming due. Who's going to buy from me? And I, don't, I know you don't know me yet. You know what I mean? So I really wanted to give that, give that time. <laughs> and then just to build my processes is a third thing. It's just to like, I had to, and I'm still in that process of building the systems and processes behind things, but goodness, is it going a lot more smoothly than, than it did even three months ago? You know what I mean? I have like Tuesdays is when I batch all my videos and Thursdays is when I edit them all and da, 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 you know, like you just go through the process or schedule them all out. Um, so once you just have that down, which I'm still in a piece of the creation of it, um, things go so much more smoothly, but yes, giving yourself the space to build the relationships is a huge deal and setting it up financially in a way, um, to be able to do that. It's no. beautiful that you even talk about the content batching and how you've mm -hmm. made everything smoother. I'm assuming that was even something that in the beginning you were looking at it and going, Oh my gosh, this is a lot of new stuff at once. I did not like it. I did not like doing videos. I didn't like it because I'm a pretty simple person where uh, I work from home a lot. So I don't always have a full face of makeup on and like my hair done. And so it was driving me nuts every single day to be like, Oh, I have to put my makeup on again so I could do another video or two. Um, so when I now put my face on or I'm going to go out on date night, I'm like, Hey, let me get ready three hours early, batch out a whole bunch of videos, do a couple stories of me going on my date night. I incorporate all that stuff, but now I'm just like, okay, so now I almost plan my video batching about what else do I have that I'm going to have to put makeup on for. <laughs> I put my makeup on. I know that sounds terrible, but my gosh, it just takes forever. I'm kind of like Steve Jobs. Yeah. Steve Jobs where he kind of had the same clothes. He never had to think about what he wore. I'm kind of mm -hmm. along those same lines sometimes where I just like to be like, I want to focus on production and not the having to get ready for the production. So, so batch, brilliant. Batching so has helped me tremendous. I'll run in my room, change clothes, change settings, do another video, run in my room, change clothes, change my makeup a little bit, change settings. 
and I, I'll bang out five to 10 videos, get them over to get captioned. And all of a sudden she's ready to be scheduled. So it's just like, yes, now I'm set, you know, set for a week and a half or two weeks from one day of work, you know? So, so amazing that you say that. How long did it take you initially when you didn't have the system for figured out? I wasn't doing it. <laughs> I couldn't keep up because I had all this other stuff going on. Plus I had another full-time job going on at the time, but still, even when I did set time aside for this, um, it felt like I wanted to get 10 videos done and I would get one video done. First of all, because I needed to learn how to be better on camera, but also it was just the process of it. And it was so clunky and getting the camera reset up and all this stuff. So once, once I had the camera set up and the ring light and all the setting and everything and my camera settings, it's like, leave it up and just bang through a whole bunch. I mean, it was just amazing how, how much time that saves me in the long run. Cause it takes me maybe 15 to 20 minutes to do my makeup and another 20 to do my hair. So that's almost, almost an hour dedicated to getting ready. If I do get ready once batch out all videos, obviously this is making sense. It's pretty common sense, but versus me doing that every day, I'm saving like seven hours a week, six hours a week, just batching it in one day and doing my makeup once. You know what I mean? It adds um, up. If you think about it, six hours a week, that could turn into a whole day. Oh yeah. And the thing. And with the processes in place now, what I could get done in six hours is like three days worth of work because we have some things down to a science now and we're not wasting our time doing things that we know don't work. We have tested stuff and I know, because I used to waste my time, you and I've had these conversations, but I used to like when I was working in the locksmith company and I was just kind of newer to marketing, um, I would sit at my computer in my little graphic design program and make a graphic that took me an hour to an hour and a half because I wanted it to look perfect, even though I look back and they're terrible. <laughs> but then I would <laughs> post it on Facebook and I would get one like, you know, and I was just like, why did I waste an hour and a half making a graphic that one person really had any interaction with? So I really, really in these last six months, because I had another full-time job, plus this is a full-time career, um, I had to get really savvy with what are the most important priorities for me to get done? And I would write those down on my whiteboard, circle the ones I had to get done. Um, and then the other kind of stuff, I would kind of let fall away sometimes and see, did it move the needle in a negative way? Did it not have an impact? So I just naturally let some stuff that I used to think was important, like I have to get this done. I realized those ended up just being my procrastinators. You know, I kind of like doing them, but they weren't moving the needle. Um, so really taking what, that. What were, what were those? That I let fall away. The, the procrastinators, what were they? Uh, spending way too much time on a graphic, for example, instead of just creating templates and then changing the words, changing the pictures. Like I would just put so much thought into what these graphics look like. I could spend three hours a day easily doing graphic design, <laughs> my uh, rookie graphic design. Um, but now I outsourced that. I literally in a spreadsheet say what my message is or what my expert tip is or whatever else. I outsourced it. She creates the most beautiful. We have some templates already created, but she does the tedious work for me. But she comes up with amazing templates that look beautiful. And actually, she's lifting the brand because she's she has the time and the wherewithal to sit back and actually think like what really is beautiful in these templates and all this stuff. So she's creating these graphics that I'm like, that is so beautiful. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of that. And, but she, that's what she's focused on. And uh, 
So to be able to outsource things that were my procrastinators. So one was graphic design. I'm just trying to think of what the other ones were. Thinking about my messaging way too much, you know? You mean like trying to figure out what to say in the video? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just once you gave me the formula of the, the call out your audience, do the hook, and then give the, you know, the content – um, that formula helped me tremendously because before I was just in my own head, like, I don't know what to say, when to say it, how to say it. Uh, so that did help me tremendously um, to be able to just kind of get these down to a science. So I say, okay, here's my topic. Who's the audience? Say the hook, go into the topic. And so I feel like for every video, maybe I spend 10 minutes planning it. Um, so it might take me an hour to plan out 10 videos. And then it takes me, you know, a few hours to batch them out. that's awesome oh man that was taking me days and weeks to get that many videos out before so to be able to get it done in a half a day is like hallelujah (laughs) Mm. and you're talking about weeks ahead now as you said right yeah well then you're ahead of the curve i always was telling you i always felt behind the curve like i was like oh my gosh my videos just ran out now i have to i felt pressure to get on um on these videos and then all of a sudden life would happen and it was just like three days went by and i couldn't get to these videos uh, which still happens once in a while but i'm so much more on top of it um but now i said all i want to do is be able to get ahead of the curve so i batch out videos schedule them out for 10 to 15 days and then maybe the next day batch out more videos and get the whole next 15 days set it's like man if you can get a month ahead with your content and then outsource the pieces of content that you can outsource because I need to be behind the camera or in front of the camera uh, for the videos. But other people can be making the graphics for me, right? My, my right. content, but they're creative in their time. So it's, uh, it's really figuring out what to outsource and then just processing the living, systematizing your whole process. Where are the holes in the bucket? What can you make smooth? What do you really not need to spend time on? And just let that fall away. That's amazing. So outsourcing definitely played a part yeah. in not only saving you time, but giving you that peace of mind and even probably making you more present, right? For the lives and the videos. Yes. Cause my energy is not being spent on things that lower my energy. We've had that conversation about, you know, what this was huge for me as an entrepreneur to really understand this. Um, well, I'll, I'll back that up and just say, I read a book called the big leap. And it's one of my favorite books I've ever read because it completely shifted my course Um, because I was uh, always a yes person. I was always a people pleaser. I always said yes to too much, but I also said yes to too much of myself, like just the things I was expecting of myself. I said yes to way too much. And so I was juggling so much stuff and thinking I need to do it all myself. Like a lot of entrepreneurs do, you know, like how am I going to even be able to financially outsource, you know? Um, but it's amazing when you step back and really think what, like write down what you do throughout the day for a whole week and what raises your energy, what keeps your energy neutral and what lowers your energy. And when I started circling all the things that lowered my energy, those were my procrastinators. And I was thinking, okay, does this even need to be here in the first place? And if it did, how can I strategically outsource it? And then I would get really creative. It opened my brain up to think, how can I outsource this financially? Cause I don't have an income right now with this business. So um, I got creative with how I used my finances. And so that big leap book, it, it almost in a sense gave me permission to not take everything on myself. And once I started really focusing in on my zone of genius, like what I am really good at, what raises my energy, what jumps me out of bed in the morning, I don't hit the snooze button ever. Um, 
what gets me out of bed in the morning is all of the stuff that raises my energy. And so I have surrounded myself with tasks that raise my energy. And maybe there's a couple that I still have to do, but for the most part, um, I'm, I'm like every day, like, yes, I can't wait to get this done today. And then you feel so like, um, you just feel like you've achieved so much when you get it all done. You did it with good energy and positive energy and you just feel good. And all the other people you've outsourced to are doing their work. You just keep your finger on the pulse. And um, I'm telling you that and nutrition, <laughs> proper nutrition, you know, you and I talk so much about just eating well, especially before meetings like this, you know, and everything like that, just to keep our energy up. So, um, Peak I state, right? yeah, I wasn't eating well before. So all that combined, just those two things combined. Um, that's I love effective. I love that you just said that you don't hit the snooze button. I don't. You know I used I mean? to constantly. I used to for an hour and then I'd roll wow. out of bed, you know, just like, oh, and I would just feel terrible. So now, mm -hmm. yep, I get up, commit to either diving right in or uh, I actually really do. And I know you do this too, but some self-care in the morning now. Mm -hmm. um, I struggled to do that and I would jump right on my computer and I'd be obsessed with work right away. But really taking that even 20 minutes, but an hour, hour and a half, two hours sometimes to do some self-care in the morning, eat properly, doing my workout, doing my stretches and just whatever else I need to do. Um, my goodness, the amount of energy that keeps, I get more production done throughout the day if I start later having done self-care because I'm laser focused. If I wake up out of bed kind of tired and I take those same amount of hours, I'm going to get half the production done. So I've really read a lot of books on time management and you know, how you, like, what are your most productive hours? What are your most creative hours? Don't do emails during those hours, right? Because those are not meant to be creative. So just really digging into taking care of yourself, figuring out your own energy, figuring out what hours you have the most energy, and then you're going to just kill it productivity-wise. That's beautiful. And it's interesting that you also mentioned that a lot of this you're doing leveraging financing right because mm -hmm. it gives you the ability to go ahead and focus once again on how you need to what you need to push forward can you talk a little bit about that and that journey with you because you know given that number one you mentioned you have had a previous venture before that didn't go as expected mm -hmm. number two i mean you are a responsible individual you like to stay on top of things I think that a lot of people out there worry that starting a business on finance, right, by financing it, is the most risky situation they can have. And like it almost it doesn't make sense for a lot of them, right? And the thing is that you definitely take in that route in a very unique way. Would you mind sharing your experience with that and yeah. what your logic behind it was? Yeah. Well, and you talk about the risk. Um, it feels risky because, you know, all of a sudden you have this debt over your head. And just for the record, I've, I've been debt-free for many years in my personal life. So for me to all of a sudden take on a six-figure debt, you know, um, that was a fear. I mean, it was very fearful. But I saw more risk in the downside of not taking this opportunity to drive my business forward because I believe in it so much. I know we're going to impact the world. We already are. I know we're going to monetize and I know that. And so the kind of funny part about it is the day I actually decided to move forward with this financing, um, I found a company that gives you basically a line of credit. So it's, um, 
It's not like they give you cash and all of a sudden you're going to owe all that cash back. Like they give you this line of credit and you only use what you use and you don't have to pay it off for 12 months to 18 months, depending on the portion of it is basically the logistics of it. Um, but what it caused for me when I made that decision to say, all right, I'm doing this. I remember calling you that day and said, I did it. You know, I'm, I have this line of credit now. What that did for me is it put so much pain under my butt <laughs> because I had to get moving. There's no procrastination happening because I have one year to pay this off and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get that to happen, but in a proper way where I'm building authentic relationships. It's not like I feel the pressure of this money because I just know it's going to happen. And so um, I thought there was more risk in not doing it. Um, but also the... But mm -hmm. also the business plan contributed to that too. Yeah. I mean, it oh, wasn't yeah. like you just jumped into this. You No. Right? You did you took some actions that led to you taking that decision with certainty. Oh yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah, you, you were involved with an advisor as well, right? Business Yeah. Advisor. I surround myself with people who know what they're doing and um with every aspect. So um yes, I I always look for a coach. I think the best coaches in the world are coached themselves, right? And so I find different coaches who are really good at what they do. And I actually have multiple coaches because one coach I wouldn't trust with all aspects because I know this one coach is really good at this. And so I found somebody who's really amazing at writing business plans, Mitch. And he, he dug into my 24 page. I mean, he ripped it apart with grace, you know, and I was like, that makes sense. And he's like, here's where this roadblock would be. And he helped me, avoid all these bumps before they ever happen. So that was that. And then I found obviously you as my advisor on the branding and advertising and everything like that. And you know how to produce videos, those kinds of things. Uh, Cause I would not have uh, been moving forward as fast with that. So. Um, and, what, and what do you mean by videos is you're not just talking about advertising. You're also talking about creating your product. Cause in your case, it is an info product. Yeah. My actual product um, is online digital self-defense. And so I actually have to be, you know, um, not acting, but in a sense acting. So it feels different than holding a camera up for social media, telling a quick tip. This is actually scripted out. We did 250 videos. Um, sometimes I'm with somebody actually showing some moves. Sometimes I'm just speaking to the camera. Um, and I had no idea how to do that. So yes, um, I took you on to help me, to help advise me of, literally how I need, like how my energy needs to be. I, I, there was certain things I was doing. Like, I can't, I don't know if I could do it right now. I was doing this thing <laughs> with my eyebrows. Can you remember that? Yes. I looked uncertain all the time. I did the whole videos looking like this with my eyebrows up and I didn't even realize I was doing it. And then also the inflections in my voice down to like the little granular details of how you helped me do vocal warmups, all that stuff. So I wasn't like, ee, you know, doing that squeaky stuff. Um, all of like, there was so much detail that went into a two minute video. Um, and just understanding, you know, I just think how I was landing on camera. Cause I thought my energy was through the roof on certain ones. And you're like, come, come look, your energy was pretty low. And I was like, man, I thought I was like screaming, like, Whoa, hey, hey. <laughs> and I was really like, Hey, blah, blah, blah. and it was just amazing to get the feedback. And that's what, I mean, seriously, I'll thank you for the rest of my life because my, my whole product is massively successful because of it being produced in that way, you know, and I wouldn't have known how to do that on my own.
You know what's interesting that you just said that in your head it sounded and it seemed this way and then you look at yourself in the recording and you're like, wow, no, yeah, it was that other way. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that a lot of influencers, coaches, right, people are trying to get their message out for impact. They forget that there, is, there are two perspectives, the inside and the outside. Yes. And a lot of time it's so easy. It's almost like an obsession. It's almost like an addiction to be honest. Mm -hmm. to want to stay with your inside out perspective and that i have seen it from the beginning not just i'm I'm, talk, I'm not talking about even doing video i'm talking even about coming up with the business model right mm -hmm. recently i was speaking to somebody that was all about their skills what they love what their talents are and i was my first question was like okay that's great but what about your audience who are you serving here what do they want yeah and then the response was oh i have no idea yeah. So that's the thing, right? When you want to create an actual business, there has to be a bridge between those two entities, the inside out and the outside in perspective, right? And that's really what you've really gotten closer to during your journey. It's, you know, if you heard the term uh, or maybe you thought about this this way, like when you're in the zone, you mm -hmm. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know course. what it feels like, right? When you're in the zone, it's a feeling more than anything. Mm -hmm. and of course, all these, all these other things happen, but it's the same thing with influence. There is a zone that literally is that bridge and that connection happening in real time with your audience who needs that, who has that pain. And then with you, who is providing the solution to that pain. Yes. And I love I love the thought about listening to your audience. Like, what do they want? You, you brought up the concept of co-creation and I had never heard of that before. Um, and I was thinking, gosh, I'm gonna, I just have to come up with so much content. I wonder if I'm gonna ever run out, although I have 20 years of it, but you know, you start kind of having that fear of like, what am I gonna talk about? And all of a sudden you post a video and it gets high engagement and all of a sudden these women are like, oh my gosh, can you do a video on this? And what about this? And, this? and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I have my next eight videos just based and it's and it's literally saying you know speaking to the woman like there's a lady named Jules who made so many requests her teenage daughter was traveling overseas in a week and she's like can you create a video so I can show it to my daughter so she can be safe when she travels overseas and I was like a hundred percent yes and so I went I created an entire video for teens about traveling and I put it out and I said Jules this one's for you and she went and showed it to her daughter and it also got thousands and thousands of views otherwise but um, just truly listening to your audience and seeing what they want to hear is so, and just being open to it. Cause you've mentioned so many times, so many people, so many entrepreneurs create the product, create the content, create the website, whatever it is. And then they go here, you like it. You guys like that. And uh, so many times that's a flop. And that's what I did in my previous business. That's why it was a flop. And so now being able to test and listen first, use your listening skills first to hear what people want and then you create the product that they want. It's just like, it seems like a no brainer, but nobody does it that way, you know? And that's why we've been so successful is we've been listening from day one. Like, what do you guys want to hear? What brand colors do you like? What this, what that? And it's just been amazing at that's why things are just so smoothly transitioning uh, upward. You know, what's funny that you said you, when you say this, the problem is that there are so many selfish people. And I know it's, I know it's a strong word, but I always say 
stop being selfish to those that think that way of, mm-hmm. especially when they get to that point where it's like, they don't know. I don't know what it is. Why is this not working? And, you, and it almost feels like you're banging your head against the wall, especially when there's money involved and maybe cash flow gets tight, right? You're in the red, whatever the situation is. Maybe you were already in the red, but right. once again, even those words, they're from the inside out. Amazon, Amazon. Let's look at Amazon real quick. One of the latest, my latest favorite books is called the everything store. Mm-hmm. By Brad, Brad Stone, he talks about Jeff and his mentality growing Amazon. I mean, 25 years ago, Amazon was not even worth $20 million, right? Now they're worth over $100 billion. They have a market cap price of, uh, for their stock of close to a trillion. How the hell did that happen, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. These were the words of Jeff when, in the early days. When their early, his early staff was looking at the numbers of ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. And they were starting to celebrate because Amazon was going up. He was saying, guys, that's not the statistic to take a look at here. Right? It's the other one. How's the customer happiness? You know, Mm -hmm. what's going on with this and that? Another, right? You see what's going on here? Another thing. Another thing was his suppliers. There was, uh, when they started doing books, they were saying, Jeff, um, you know, I thought the intention of this Amazon thing was to sell books, not to trash them. And it was right. And it was because the reviews that people were leaving for certain books were bad. And Jeff said, I'm sorry, but Amazon's purpose is not to sell books It's to make it to help our audience make the best decision they can make. Right. About buying your product. I love that. It's so customer focused. It is just so, so focused on the, end user, you know, not, not the entrepreneur, not the business owner. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Exactly the same thing for any business owner, right? Mm -hmm. Online coaching is no different. Co-creation is absolutely essential in exactly the manner that you you just described. If you think about it from, from when did you start co-creating, you know, now, now looking back, I think on my first couple of videos, I mean, I really, the first, ounces of feedback I started to get where people just asking another question, maybe that I didn't answer in the video, whatever it may be. And I was like, Oh, well, I'm going to answer this person. I wanted to be present with them and have them feel heard. And so it was just literally, they were giving me what they wanted to hear. So I started co-creating immediately. As soon as I got feedback, I was like, that's my next video. And that's how I was starting to choose what my content was. They helped me flow through my content, you know, um, and in what direction. And actually I learned a ton, um, of what they wanted to hear. Like they opened up a whole new world for me. Like some, some of my, um, keynote speeches are going to be about topics that they, my audience asked me to create. So it's just like, thank you. I got an entire another, you know, a whole nother focus that I didn't realize was a huge need and a want out there. So, you know, as long as you're, ears are open and you're listening you check your ego at the door and just listen to your customer. Um, you can't go wrong. I mean, there's just like no way to go wrong. As long as you're answering them authentically, being present with them, they just want to be heard and seen. And when you literally listen to what they just requested and you give them that request, you know, it's just like, it's a beautiful thing. People, people feel like your family because of that. I'm you curious know? about that word you just used 
did you ever have any ego things, so to say? Not me. Not you? <laughs> I've, never, I've never been a big ego person. I've always been pretty uh, self-reflective and been able to, I'll say this, I was, I've always been able to take constructive, constructive criticism as in the sense of my response to the person. I was never like combative or defensive, um, but internally, because I was a people pleaser and my sole survival depended on other people liking me. So internally, I would dig at my own value sometimes. Um, so it was more kind of an internal struggle for me versus, um, versus the ego. So um, I've, I've always been of the mindset other people know stuff that I don't. And when they're willing to share or offer, even if it's something I'm not in alignment with, let's say 10 minutes, they talk for 10 minutes and they give me 10 pieces of information and none of them land for me except for one. That's one thing I didn't have to go find out myself. You know what I mean? So um, when other people have done the research and I know that they're passionate about that research, I just, I'm just like, teach me. I'm so open. Uh, just like when people want to learn from me, they're just like, I don't know, self-defense, teach me, you know, and they just receive, receive, receive and not judge, 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 you know? So it's, there's, this, there's yeah. this great quote that goes, any idiot can learn through trial and error, but the smartest ones learn from those that already made the errors. Yes. One of my favorite things to do is like picture myself sitting at people's feet. Like, you know, you would your grandparent kind of thing and you sit and you just want to ask like, what have you learned along the way? And one of my favorite things Tony Robbins says is find somebody doing what you want to do and ask them how they got there. And you just pick their brain. What mistakes did you make? How can I avoid those? And that is something I will say I have done from the very beginning of time is, you know, this about me. I'm extremely inquisitive. And I want to know, like, I want to know your background. I want to know not just you as your role right now, but like what lessons have you learned in life that maybe have nothing to do with, you know, marketing or branding, you know what I mean? Like other stuff I've learned. So I love to surround myself with people who are inspired people who have made mistakes and overcome them, whether it's in marriage or business or whatever else. And I love picking their brain. Like I love sitting there with a cup of tea and just blabbing about that kind of stuff. I love quality conversations. You know, we can talk about TV shows, you know, I don't really care. I don't watch that much TV. You know what I mean? So like, that's just like not moving us forward. So it's just fun to pick people's brains, see who they are deeply. And there's so many lessons to be learned from that when you ask and people feel really understood and heard. That's why I have such deep relationships with my friends. It's the, that, it's the quality of your relationships that defines the quality of your life, right? Yeah. Yeah. And just asking quality questions to people. You, I, one of my favorite things to do, I was with my parents and then their two sets of friends. So everybody's like 70 and up, 65 and up. And so I said, I always, I love, I do this question game when I want to get to know people. So we're sitting at dinner and I just said, and I'd love doing this with other entrepreneurs too. This isn't just like family. And so I just said, um, you know, what's your favorite color? And they were like, what? I said, just answer the question. So we go around and I was like, blue, red, this, that, this. I'm like, okay, have you ever stolen anything? And they're like, what? <laughs> and so all of a sudden these funny conversations start to come out. Like, yeah, when I was seven, I stole a candy bar and da, 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 da. And then I'll say like, what's one of the greatest lessons you've ever learned in your life? And I'll just start going down this path. And it has, you have the most intriguing dinner conversation um, and you really get to know people, but you also get to learn a ton about life. It's all these life's lessons that these people have learned. It doesn't matter how old, you know, and, um, you, and it's, those are questions that people don't get asked. Um, you know, the uh, McDonald's, obviously, 
the main, um, the lawyer, the original lawyer who went through, uh, I happen to know him. He's one of my dad's friends. So I was sitting with him at dinner. He's this billionaire, very, very obviously well-established, super nice man. And most people just talk to him about the everything, everyday stuff. And so I'm like, I said, what was your first job? And he's like, oh my gosh, I haven't thought of that in so long. He's like, I, I was worked in a shoe store. And so he went into that. And I said, what are some of the lessons you learned working at the shoe store? He's like, oh, and he went into this whole conversation about, you know, some life's lessons he learned. Because I wanted to know what set him up to be the most successful lawyer in all of America. You know what I mean? With the, I'm like, what was, what happened before that for him? Like what life's lessons did he learn in order to be able to position himself in a way that he became the lawyer for all the McDonald's? It's like, how did you do that? And so he loved it though. Cause he's like, nobody ever asked me questions like this. And he felt so connected to me and he's used to kind of people wanting stuff from him. And I was like, mm. no, I just, I just want to get to know you. And he was like, wow. And so it just like let this wall down and, and then, He's very, you know, helpful in my everyday life. If I have any lawyer questions, he just throws me a quick email about it. He's so nice about it. But anyway. That's it's just, awesome. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's so many beautiful things about what you just said. From the fact that, first of all, you just started building a relationship with someone like that. And again, your spirit of giving, right? Mm -hmm. We've been talking about it. Second, how you've learned from so many I would say like the quote, is it, uh, I forgot who says it, but it's, if I see ever so clearly, it's because of the giant's, I yes. the giant's shoulders, right? Love that quote. Absolutely believe in it as well. It truly shows in your delivery and your demeanor of how you connect with your women and your audience. Mm -hmm. And it makes me curious, like who in your life have been your biggest influences in regards to that? Hmm, that's a really good question. Um, I would say one is my, uh, in business, it's been my stepmom, Laura, because she is a powerhouse woman. I mean, she is one of those people we call superwomen, cause, superwoman because it's like she's on this board and that board and she goes and mentors people at ASU and, you know, she just does all this stuff and then she's pretty high up in the banking world. And I'm just like, how does she do all this? But she just does it because she has the intention to help and the intention to drive forward. So she's taught me focus, um, not getting overly emotional in business, which is a huge deal. Um, like, you know, when, when a challenge comes up, you know, do you let it cave you or you're like, oh, what can we learn from that? All right, next play. And she looks at things like almost like a sports analogy, like, okay, next play attitude. Cause if, you, if the quarterback gets in his head about the previous play, he's going to mess up the next play. So we've just really, uh, she's been a massive influence to help me find myself in business and, um, and just be my authentic driven self. You know, she's more the one who taught me to drive hard, drive forward, but in a productive way, not kill myself doing it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And then other, other people, I, you know, I think it's just been general influencers that I felt connected with, like, um, like Shailene Johnson and Rachel Hollis, those kinds of women who are speak so authentically in their brands and you just feel heard by them. Even if she never replies to you, you kind of feel like you are her, you know, you're the same person. Like, man, if she could do this, I could do this. I've started to have people say that to me now, like, wow, if you could do this, I could do this. I'm like, that's all I ever want. Like, I want these women to know they can defend themselves. I want these women to know they can be successful in business. Um, and it is just a matter of getting on the right track. And 
surrounding yourself with the right people, to be honest with you, just massive, massive influence, you know, like whoever's around you the most, you know, the whole quote, whoever you surround yourself with the most, what are you, the average of the top five people you hang out with, I think is what it is. That's right. Something like that. And um, yeah, I mean, when you really think about who you're surrounding yourself with, I used to surround myself with super toxic people and I mean, extreme toxicity. And it's like, no wonder I wasn't going anywhere. No wonder I was, you know, an absolute depressed mess. And no wonder I had, I was working for the man for $32,000. You know, I was the cheapest paid, I was the most successful therapist. As far as my sales, I was the least paid therapist. Um, when was this? And uh, that was three years, uh, four years ago now. Man, you've had so many massive changes in the last. Yeah. Wow. So, so five years ago. That was five years ago. So five years ago. So, so wait a second. What, what were you, a, a therapist, like a physical therapist? Mm-hmm. Very, very similar to a physical therapist. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And why do you say that your the people around your life in that time were different? Uh, well, I was married to a very abusive man. So that was one of them. Um, and I just, I surrounded myself with a lot of people who um, drank a lot. Their idea of getting together was to go out to the bars, stay out till two in the morning, three in the morning, sometimes four in the morning. And, um, you know, I tried that lifestyle for a tiny bit. I just tried it on. I did that back in college. You know what I mean? Um, and We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> it's the I cool just, thing that they market to all the teenagers, right? Exactly right. And so I just realized drinking like that doesn't work for me. Um, it's, it I works drink. for, you know who it works for? The bar owner that's getting rich. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. No joke. Um, it just, I never felt good. And it was, I just was not valuing myself, uh, in the way I needed to. And I've done a lot of work around that in the last few years, uh, three specifically when I, I, that's when I hired my first life coach. I've seen counselors. I've done other stuff that didn't really help, but I went and saw a life coach who they weren't there to, he's not there to dwell on all the issues over and over again and kind of rewatch, keep wiring that nervous system for that drama. Uh, he was like, all right, well, here's where you're at. One of my favorite things he ever did, and this is great in the entrepreneurial world too. He, every time I'd go see him, he'd say, okay, what were your goals? And where were you at? What are your goals? And he goes, now, what were some successes? Cause I'd go in and be like, oh, I messed up again. I got angry or I messed up again. I procrastinated all week on this. I didn't work out. So the first thing I naturally wanted to go in and talk about was my failures and his he would not let me talk about anything of the failure until I at least told him five successes. And I was like, well, you know, when I did get angry, normally I would stay angry for the whole day and I was only angry for an hour. You know, he's like, that's huge. That's it's huge. Cause you start stepping in the, and then, okay, I only procrastinated for two days instead of a whole week on this. And he's like big, he's like, that's big. And he goes, you're never going to take away all of your issues. It's just a matter of, can you make them less intense? Can you make them shorter lived? And can you make them pull, can you pull yourself out a lot more quickly and become, you know, become functional again, however you want to look at that business-wise or in your relationship. Um, wow. So I loved that. Mm-hmm. And that was, and that's how you created transformation. That was the start of it. Yep. And I started reading um, two books a month. Uh, I do audio books. So I listen to them on like 1.75 speed because <laughs> I can consume that pretty quickly. That's awesome. Um, so I, and I never pick up a book that is not something that is driven, driving me forward in some way, whether it's financially health wise, uh, relationship wise or business. Those are just my four categories. And I kind of, you know, sometimes it's sales, sometimes it's relationship. Um, but 
all of my books are meant to move me forward because if I'm going to spend my time listening to something, I might as well find a very entertaining sales book or an entertaining something book, you know what I mean, that drives me forward uh, versus listening to a novel. So um, that's just what that's just what I do. I just started taking little steps. I started going to, um, I went to a Tony Robbins, uh, joined, I just signed up on a whim, I think $17,000 or whatever it was to do his whole master university. So, so wait a second, that, was that when you were a physical therapist? Mm-hmm. So you were a physical therapist that just spent $17,000 on a business mastery course. And I was making $32,000 a year. <laughs> now that is mind blowing. Cause that's mm-hmm. like over half your yearly salary. I think anybody could that, I guess is a normal individual. Your average Joe would tell you what the heck, how, why, how would you even do that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I did you, get, you did get pushback. I got really creative as well. What I did. Did. Um, did I get pushback from my husband? I got pushback. Yeah. Cause that was my, my money. But, um, I, yeah. I was, I was just, I convinced him. I mean, he was not a supportive man. Like I said, he's very abusive, but, um, I, I just didn't take no for an answer with my own personal development. My, I was not going to let anybody hold me back, even though I was in an abusive marriage at the time. Um, cause I knew something needed to change. I didn't know what yet, you know, and even right after all the Tony Robbins stuff, I still didn't leave this abusive husband, you know, until a couple of years wow. ago. Um, yeah. So it was a whole transformation that I needed to get up to. Um, but when I said no more to that marriage is when I said yes to this business. It was just like this, boom, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. Nobody's holding me back anymore. And I have not stopped since, you know, and I do take wow. my days and things like that. But um, Do you feel like even that business mastery was a foundation for what you even have now? 100%. I say I love Tony Robbins. I put him way up, you know, way up here. And there's things that any guru, if you want to call him, he always says he's not a guru, right? He doesn't like to be called that. But um, any influencer, um, you know, there's certain things that you just are drawn to about him. And then there might be certain messages uh, about them that you're like, no, that's just that part's not in alignment for me. Um, when I first got into Tony Robbins, I was like, everything he says is yes. You know what I mean? I, I just like latched on because it was the first, I've been in personal development for 17 years, but I've really been serious about it for the last five. And, um, and so when I started to be able to actually look at Tony Robbins and think, I really like this 70% of what he's saying. And this other 30% is just not an alignment for me. That was when I was like, I'm starting to really pay attention to me and what I need in my life and what works for me. Um, it was, that was a really big moment for me to be able to question an influencer. <laughs> so just, huge. You know, now, just, nowadays, especially when you have 20 million influencers spawning yes, out of thin air, right? Every day. It's every, a, everybody's a life coach. Everybody's right. a coach. Everybody's. Yeah. And so, not only that, I mean, it feels like almost everybody in your family is a mentor. Your friends are mentors. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, it's everybody, yeah. You got to have the, the self-awareness. Filter. The yes. filtering through it. It was big. Cause I used to say like, wow, I really like it. Like everything he said, I just took for, and it worked that 30% that's not in alignment for me works brilliantly for other people. So it's just like really tuning into what works for you. So, um, I always say that Tony Robbins was my kindergarten because it's what got me started down the path and he's kind of more for the masses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started diving into what was more like, so I started working with a Hawaiian healer and a life coach. So those are more for me. You know what I mean? Those were zoned in on right on me. What was I needing to move past um, from my history of child abuse and all that kind of stuff? 
And so, um, so I say Tony Robbins was my kindergarten kind of for the masses, did the business mastery. So it definitely set the foundation of a different way to communicate, a different way of looking at my own value. I was like, that was when I started to consider valuing myself. <laughs> That's pretty much what he did for me is he opened my mind like, hmm, I think people are supposed to value, have self-worth. I guess, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's so huge as you say that because even when you mentioned the fact that you were making $300 for three hours of speaking and now you're making, or not even making, but people are valuing you at several thousand dollars for just one hour. That was actually more of a representation of how you value yourself, first of all. Yeah, well, to be able to ask for that, first of all, but to understand and feel really um, a sense of certainty about asking for that price, because I know the value I'm bringing to people, partially because of all this co-creation we've talked about, like, I know what people need to hear. And truly, like, three simple moves saved my life. Like, I was either going to be murdered or raped. One of the two was going to happen if I had not gotten out of the grips of this man. And I mean, if, if I can all of a sudden reach thousands of people and teach them those basics moves beyond and plus the mental side of it, all of that in an hour um, and do that, you know, to thousands of people, not just one-on-one, -on -one, yes, I am worth thousands of dollars to speak, you know? I mean, people's lives are on the line at this point. This world's wild. And so, yes, I know my own value when I speak. I know the influence I'm having. And I have no... Um, I have, there's no shame in asking for what you're worth at this point. And even a year and a half ago, I would have struggled with that. But I see like so many women have already messaged me that they got out of domestic violence situations because of some of my videos and my interactions with them. And I've helped literally guide some people right out of their domestic violence situations to safety. And it's like, you can't put a price tag on that stuff. You know what I mean? These women's lives are going to be different forever. And that is so many people are saying, because of your videos, I did this, you know, I've made this huge shift in my life. So yes, you know, we need to, yeah, it is. It really is. And I get so filled up from it as well. That's not just a, it's not just giving to them. I get in return. Um, I'm taking my cup being filled because this I've aligned with a business that fills my cup every single day. Like I read these comments and I just like, I'll tear up. I feel so alive. I, I go on my own social media page and read these people's comments, these women's comments. And all of a sudden I'm just like, I'm ready for the day. Cause wow. it is amazing. So it's really amazing to really align with what you're passionate about and what, like where the core of your business is an energy lifter for you. Wow. So you're coming back to that story of, business mastery because I do find that fascinating. Yeah. What happened during that and then after that? Like, because you just mentioned, yeah, it was kind of the, the kindergarten. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What, do you, what do you mean by that? So I would say it just started my, started me to shift my language a little bit, um, quite a bit actually, like, because I was kind of um, funny little things like 
uh, not addicted, but a little bit addicted to like scary movies and stuff like that. Cause I was like really addicted to kind of negative input into my brain. Mm. And then I realized that like Tony Robbins talks about the bank teller, you have a positive bank teller and a negative bank teller. And if you feed your negative bank teller all the time, that's what you're going to have more to give. Right. So when people come up to you and confront you, you might react or respond out of negativity instead of positivity. So Tony was really helped me understand how to change my state right in the moment, you know, and my favorite example he gives of this, cause it was like, I just laughed so hard, but I'm like, you know what? I, I always have control over my state of mind. Even if somebody makes me mad and I'm just pissed and wanting to be angry, I do have the capability of choosing, you know? And what right. the example he gives is he says, you know, one of the, um, you know, we've all done that where we're mad, we're yelling at our somebody or we're super pissed off about something and then the phone rings and you're like, hello. <laughs> and you say it like, <laughs> or and, the other way around, right? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, oh my God. It's, that reminds me of that scene in the Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> where the, the dad is watching TV and he does that, hello, after screaming <laughs> bloody murder. <laughs> That's exactly right. So it just, so when I say that was my kindergarten, it was those types of lessons that helped me understand I can choose my state of mind at every single minute. And it does take me to do my self-care to be resourceful and like be able to do that because my battery is drained. I'm not going to respond as well. But so Tony taught me that he taught, he started opening my mind up about how much like with the business mastery specifically, how much of business actually falls on the psychology of the people running it, the owner or the people running it. And I was just, I just never looked at business as that. So ever since then, I've always looked at businesses where I see a failing business and the first place I look is at the owner and I see that they're, uh, they have a temper, they're mean to their employees, they're paying them very little and then they're taking, you know, these nice fancy cars and so they're paying themselves a ton and I'm just like, that's why your business is failing, you know what I mean? It makes so much sense and so then I would see built businesses that were thriving and just look at how giving and authentic and how outwardly focused the owners were and how stable and how they do their own personal development work. And it's like, holy crap, you know what I mean? That is so different. But so Tony Robbins and the Business Mastery really helped me understand the psychology of business, really, more than anything. They talk about, you know, marketing things and, you know, different branding things and, you know, the kind of logistics, but right. so much of it was the psychology of business. You know, that's incredible because when you think about it, isn't it almost a little bit strange that we're talking so much about psychology hmm. during this whole conversation? Yeah, but it, it has everything to do with everything. My gosh, if, we, if we're, not, we're not taking care of ourselves, how are we going to show up fully for our employees or for our business in general, for our audience? Like if I'm exhausted and haven't slept well because I've been eating like crap, you know what I mean? And then I go to do a video, my audience is going to feel that energy, you know, that downward energy. And I have done that. I mean, I've experienced that where I'm just like, Oh, I have to bang out some videos. And I felt like it was a task and I was almost frustrated and resentful. And all of a sudden I get, or, in front of the or you feel, or you feel like it was a rush. Like yeah. I just, I just want to get this done real quick. Yeah. I needed to check it off the list. So I wasn't right. focusing on the why I wasn't focusing on the impact in those moments. I was focusing on, I have to check this off the list cause I have to go to this other meeting, you know? 
And so when, when I feel myself shift into that, it does come through in the videos, even though I think, nah, this is not coming through in the videos. I'm doing a really good acting job. I'm so smiley right now. You know? <laughs> no, it comes across. And then those videos don't get as much engagement. And then what happens? The Facebook algorithms, you know, says, hey. Starts punishing you too. Yeah, it punishes you. And then all of a sudden you're out money. And it's like, well, what the heck? That whole thing started with my psychology and whether I was taking care of myself or not. So, you know, that, that's the thing. That's the thing. Psychology, self-care. It's funny how we're really talking about money, too, at the same time. How weird is that, right? How weird is it that that self-care will directly affect how much a conversion will cost you? Yes. When you're running ads, yeah. right? Now you're paying a lot more attention to it, especially now you're more aware, right? I'm mm -hmm. curious, too, what gave you the shift between realizing the psychology and the personal development aspect was way more important than the tools or the technology or all that stuff that most people think it's like, no, no, I gotta, I gotta know what, you know, we're going to do it on WordPress or we're going to do it on, on yeah. Shopify. Are, no, are we going to do Instagram ads or are we going to do Facebook ads? Right? Like all that. What was it? Yeah. Uh, well, it was my failing previous business where I had a pet, uh, an invention. It was for pets. And, um, I just didn't understand any piece of it. All of it was against my grain. I didn't like, I, I wanted a, an invention for my own pet. So I came up with this invention, created a business out of it. It failed miserably because what I was focusing on is all those little details like you were just talking about, but I never focused, I never wrote a business plan. I never understood my audience whatsoever. I had a really hard time trying to figure out how to even get it manufactured. So, but my problem was I was trying to do it all myself instead of really saying yes to people and aligning with people who could have easily, like that was what they knew. They would have smoothly taken me through just like you take me through the branding. Um, they would have smoothly taken me through, but I was in that scarcity mindset of money. Like I don't have money. I don't know how to even do this financially. I don't want to learn how to, figure this out financially. It's too much for me. I've never been in business like that. So it was just, I didn't take the step back to learn the business. And so my psychology, what got in my way was I was thinking small and I was thinking scarcity and I was thinking I can't involve anybody else. So I have to learn it myself. And that's why the business failed because I did not know who to turn to. I didn't ask for anybody's help. I was just like, I'll just read all these books and figure it out myself. And that was a really bad decision, <laughs> but wow. it was a great decision because I learned a ton. So that shift happened yeah. when that business failed. Um, that was before the Tony Robbins business mastery. So then once I went to business mastery and understood about the psychology, I was like, Ooh, there's some personal development things. So I dove straight deep in, I mean, $17,000 worth right away into personal development. And, um, and I've never stopped. I mean, I'm consistent weekly, daily with my personal development, um, and it's changed everything for me. And then that along with me finding other business owners who are succeeding, like nobody's business, you know, and I will go to them and I have no fear about asking a whole bunch of questions. They like, they like to talk about their successes and they like to talk about what they've overcome. So it's like, I actually very intentionally will go like, who's another business owner I can go pick their brain about. I'll bring them, you know, we'll go out for coffee, build a friendship. And then just ask random questions instead of about what the weather's like, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. Actual meaningful conversations, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's funny that you say that too, because I, one of the topics that I also mention is your audience wants to learn about you, but they don't want to learn what's the weather doing today. 
right? Yes. And, and you've learned about that, right? You're like, oh, no, no, no. They want to know this, and this is what I got to talk about. And this is the hook, and this is the content. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you learned it, I believe, the best way, which is knowing what gives you better engagement and knowing what gives you nothing. In a day, like in a day, I could do a video and by the next day, know if it worked just by how we start to see the trends of the ones that do work. We can just already see that this other. And so then the next set of videos I do, I make a pivot or I'll even redo some videos. You know, I know I've sent you videos. I'm like, yeah, I banged out 10 videos, you know, and I send it over to you. You're like, yeah, we're going to have to redo all these. (laughs) And I'm like, (laughs) they don't know. But I understand why, because none of them would like, and I had posted one of them, one of the 10, and it flopped for every reason you said it would flop. And I was like, okay. You know, what's interesting that I actually remember those days and I could feel your energy sometimes when you were like, but almost like that, right? But Uh (laughs) even though you didn't even say the word, but you were like, but I just want to get this done kind of thing, right? Oh, I was looking at it as a task instead of a instead of the impact of it all yeah it's just a huge shift for me here's the thing like you just mentioned earlier that video that went uh already above four hundred thousand in reach over three hundred thousand views fifteen thousand of those are paid Mm -hmm. the rest are all organic yes we've got several other posts that are ranging between fifteen thousand and thirty thousand organic as well and how we think you know how is that possible from an audience of twenty two thousand at the moment yeah and just since april you know just starting since this april. april i mean it's just been barely any time to be able to have already had that reach is huge especially on facebook mm-hmm. where people say engagement is dead right mm-hmm. once again if you focus on the tech you got to focus on the wrong thing. Yeah, it's not. It really is not about the platform. I, I was telling you this story, but um, my mom, she would always, she was such a planner. Like she would plan all the spreadsheets. She'd have everything about her business planned out. So she'd have the spreadsheet, she'd stuff the envelope, she'd do that. She'd get to that point and then she would stop because she didn't know what to do and to move forward because she was so focused on like the details of like what, paper to print a flyer on and what and i was like it doesn't matter what paper you print the flyer and get the flyer into the right hands of the right people and so mm-hmm. same thing with all this stuff like i because i have built my own websites and i have it takes time especially when it's not my zone of genius and all that kind of stuff and i would spend so much time researching all of the details and it's like i could have taken all that time of research just chosen one or found somebody who knows which one to choose. And then I could focus on what the implementation, the move, what moves the needle. That's the whole thing is if you're sitting there spending time on what graphic design program to use or what, just ask somebody who knows, get the answer and move on and start focusing all of your attention on what actually moves the needle into the positive. You want to be in the green as quick as possible. But in the most authentic way possible. And the way you can do that is to start building those relationships online and let the other stuff don't, don't sit. And those are called procrastinators in my mind. If I'm sitting here figuring out, should I do WordPress? Should I do this, that, this, that you gotta, those are decisions. And you've said this about me. I make extremely quick decisions on it's like, once it makes sense. Yep. That's it. Let's move on. Sometimes we'll make huge, huge decisions 
in two minutes because it's like, yep, that makes sense. Logical. Let's move on. So we don't spend any time wasted on silly stuff like that, that, you know, we can just move on with. That's a big, big deal. And the thing is that that happens through feedback. Like you just said, Yes. the process of co-creation, which is the most natural, right? Even think of a relationship, right? You're not going to get married without co-creation, right? Right. Co-creation of the vision so you can take action on it, right? That's right. It would feel forced. Same thing in terms of influence for whatever purpose, for empowering, for engagement, for monetization. It's, it's interesting that when you just said this about your approach to technology, if you remember the earlier days, the decisions weren't actually made necessarily from your point of view, but from the audience's point of view. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Like yeah. We chose, in our case, we chose Webflow for the website, but we still have elements of it in ClickFunnels. Some people are like, well, why couldn't you just do the whole thing in ClickFunnels? Or just do the whole thing on, on that, right? Mm-hmm. On Webflow. Or just do the whole store over here in Shopify, right? Some people will, will go over that. Well, here's the thing. It's not about what's best for us. Yes, that matters, but it's really what is best for the audience. That's exactly right. And if, like, just like we go to certain people for advice, like, like I said, I might have like three life coaches at once because each of them have their strong points. Same thing with the technology that you've introduced me to anyway, but the same thing with technology, like, you do have to understand that sometimes it's not a one size fits all situation where you do need to piecemeal a few things together um, to make it the best user experience. So you start by looking like what is the user going to experience and what do they need and what flows well for them? What are they asking for? And then you start piecemealing the stuff together, but never have I ever seen one platform do every single thing I needed it to do in the way I needed it to do. And so it is important to, be open to saying, you know, yeah, I might be paying 20 extra bucks a month for this extra platform, but my user is going to be so much happier. That is worth my 20 bucks a month. You know what I mean? I don't care that it's multiple and it, it takes a little bit more work piecing them together, but that's what, that's what you do. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't right? to, that's, I don't know how to do it. That's what I have you on my team for, but, but yeah. In terms of that. Yeah. But, but even the result is so much more powerful. Yeah. And that's really what matters. I mean, it, that's exactly it, it, right. You can talk and talk and talk all day long, but the result is really what really talks best. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And we've gotten feedback that, you know, the user experience and, you know, we get those reviews and we get like on the um, lead magnets you put about, uh, you put a survey and my goodness, the information that we get from like, did they get everything they wanted out of that? And like all those questions that we put on there, mm-hmm. um, it's priceless because that now the next Thing we do we take all of that into consideration did they feel anything was clunky did they did, did everything land did they like how I taught it like every detail um, down to the you know granular level and the people who take the time to fill it out they mean business they're giving us their honest feedback and, and goodness, solid we, amount of time too yeah and yeah and we've learned yeah we've learned so much um, that we've been able to pivot quickly I always talk about pivoting like what what can we learn from this right now, whatever it is, and what can we shift to make it even more effective? Like, just like make quick decisions on that stuff once you have the information. 
Think back of yourself when you were 20 years old. Mm-hmm. If she was standing in front of you right now, what advice would you give her? <laughs> this stuff makes me cry later. Because <laughs> I sure wish I knew back then. Um, I would say to myself at 20 years old, first of all, that you're safe. So you can stop living um, trying to protect yourself out of fear, fear of all aspects of life. So one of the things is you're safe and you can, and your decisions count. Like the decisions you're making are going to move you forward. So that's one big thing. Um, and then I think the other, other thing, honestly, is that you have value. You have value and what you do matters. You know, what you do lands for people. People are connected to you. So you have self-worth. So take that and freaking run with it. <laughs> That's what I would tell myself. Take that and run with it. Mm-hmm. I love that. It, and it's such a part of you right now when you're talking about empowerment and confidence and peace of mind and all that. What scares you today? Believe it or not, I don't have a lot of fear right now in my life because I feel very certain. Um, I mean, my gut is telling me to say uh, I'm fearful of not making the impact that I want to, but I feel so certain that we're going to do that, that that's not even coming up as an actual fear for me. So um, I think just fear of loss, you know, if something big were to happen and, you know, I lost my fiance or, you know, something just major happened and I couldn't drive forward with my vision, uh, that would be probably my biggest fear for sure. But I really don't have a lot of fear. Honestly, I make most decisions out of quite, quite a bit of confidence and certainty. You seem to have a pretty good grip on handling it. Mm-hmm. I do at this point. <laughs> at this point, right? Mm-hmm. It's been a journey. It has been a journey. I have not always been here. <laughs> not even close. So what's the best advice you've ever been given? You know, I honestly think um, the one that's coming to my mind is the next play attitude, like not staying stuck on anything in life, being able to be solution oriented. So just next play attitude and focus on the solution. Um, I think every single thing in life can move forward if you have that mindset you know, business relationships, health, anything like that. So when a, when a challenge comes up, I don't typically get lost in the drama of it and get stuck. I'm just like, all right, here's what it is. Here's this, you know, what can we do about it? And what can we learn from it? And so I don't tend to get stuck in the emotion. I used to very badly get stuck in the emotion, but I just don't anymore. And um, you've seen that with me where challenges have come up. We're like, yep, okay, next, this is good. Let's move on kind of thing. So, yeah, I think next play attitude and focus being uh, solution focused is huge. Everything stems from that. It's almost like a sports coach. Yeah. Time yeah. out. Time out. Let's go <laughs> ahead and get to the drawing board again. That's right. Just, yeah, take that step back to work on the business or on yourself or whatever it may, you know, what needs to happen, your self-care, whatever it is. Uh, But I just, I love it when I butt up against a challenge in business or in relationship, whatever, I'm just, you can ask my fiance, I'm always like, okay, what can we do differently next time? And what, like, I'm so solution focused to have it be a different result. I do not like the whole doing the same thing over and over again, you know, the, definition of insanity it's like what I've, i did that my whole life i'm ready to stop that as of the last three years 
So, um, yeah, just focusing on the end game and focusing on the why too. You and I talk a lot about that. Just what, what is the why behind everything? Cause that will draw, it makes everything not feel like work at that point. It feels like you're just flowing with it. But, you know, oh, that's such a huge thing. Honestly, the yeah. why, the why, the why, not only is it so helpful with content creation, but it literally is responsible for you being able to persevere. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Would you, well, I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Will you share, because this was a huge shift for me when you said this to me the other day. Will you share what you say every morning or your thought process every morning about stopping bullets? Oh, you like this quote, which is... I love it. That I can stop bullets every morning. I look at, at the picture of the guy, Neo in the Matrix, literally with stopping bullets like magic. And it's, I can stop bullets and not only stop them, but transform them. Uh, and it's, just, it's, it's interesting. I got that from the movie The Matrix because there's this character named Morpheus trying to teach Neo how to maneuver around the whole thing. And Neo asks him, well, so what do you mean? You know, when, when Morpheus is like trying to tell him, oh, you're going to be amazing, right? He's like, what do you mean? I'm going to be able to dodge bullets? And Morpheus is like, well, when you're ready, you're not even going to have to dodge it. Mm-hmm. And my, I took that as such a metaphor because yeah. when you think about it, we all have bullets coming at us in everyday life, right? That's right. And so many times we try to dodge them. Mm-hmm. We get scared. We get angry. All these things. But when you realize you can actually stop bullets and even transform them into beautiful flowers, and, mm-hmm. and that's where you come up even with the phrases that you said, like, wow, like, this was meant to happen mm-hmm. because this beautiful thing in my life could not happen otherwise. Right. Yeah. That gives you that peace of mind, right? That, that even more empowered. Yeah. And it, what that did for me when you mentioned that is you just had my brain shift into whatever is coming my way instead of being in it and like feeling the emotion of it all, like on a deep level, you kind of take your a step back and look at it with childlike curiosity, like, okay, I see this bullet coming at me. Maybe it's an angry person or maybe it's a whatever, um, a financial challenge, whatever it may be. Or maybe Google servers went down and your whole, yeah. funnel's, and your whole funnel's driving traffic to a page that's not even live. That's exactly that kind of stuff. <laughs> so you see these bullets and then it's like what that had me do once you said that quote was just like, look at it with childlike curiosity. And then all of a sudden you're like, what, how can I make this something beautiful? So when the Google, you know, does go down, uh, Facebook and Instagram went down that one day. Um, that was fun for me to be able to come back and like connect with the audience about it. Be like, hey, wasn't that rough? And it was like, it actually gave me <laughs> a reason to connect with them. And they were like, yeah, we missed you. And it just built this connection kind of thing. So it is, it's like whatever's coming at you, instead of being in it and having it hit you in the face, it's like kind of having, you have a little force field up or something and you're like, oh, here it comes. And you see it coming from a distance. And it's like you have that time to, I always talk about reaction versus response in life. And with an attacker, reaction is like just reacting, you know, out of your gut. Mm. And responding is having a plan ahead of time. So as you're seeing these bullets come and you're planning on taking a look at it instead of letting it go into you, you know what I mean? Like you're like, okay, what is this? And you kind of keep it outside yourself and make some strategic 
decisions based on um, being able to keep yourself separate from it. So I, I just loved that quote that you said. I have it written on my whiteboard. <laughs> That's awesome. I say it every morning too now because it's like whatever's coming my way. I've literally never seen you get frazzled about anything. And you've seen me get frazzled when I'm like overwhelmed with my two businesses. And so I'm like, Dater, I can't get to this today. This is not happening. And you're like, all right, all right. And you're always so cool, calm, and collected. And I'm always like, <laughs> why is Dater so cool, calm? How is this even possible for somebody to always? Because I interact with you a lot, multiple <laughs> times a day. So for me to see you never get frazzled, I was like, what is his secret? When you told me that, I'm like, that's it. Like he looks at whatever's coming at him. And he's like, oh, what can I do with this? You know, what can I make of this? What can I, how can I help a shift happen? Whatever it is. But that was, uh, that was truly life-changing for me. So my fiance and I both say that every single morning ever since you told us that a couple of weeks ago. And I'm like, it's wow. been flowing. We've been flowing. That so. is so awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. You know, what's I funny. I, I love that you loved it that much because it really makes you live life more. If you think about yes. it, mm-hmm. the whole metaphor of trying to dodge, right? Yeah. You're not dodging. You're actually leaning forward. So yeah. now you're like, let's freaking go. Like, right. The sky's the limit. Truly. Yeah. You're, you're no longer afraid. Truly. And then it, it's one thing saying, even in business, right? Oh, I'm not afraid. And I've worked with, a, I work with a lot of business owners, right? By the way. We're very confident, super confident. But what happens is there's, al- there's always a moment with some difficulty will show up when it's like, uh-oh. But here's the yes. thing. And, I, and by the way, don't get me wrong. I get him all the time too. Oh, yeah, of course. We I, all do. Human we all do. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then I realize it's all in our head. It, it never, is. Nothing really exists and. Unless you decide that it does, and even then, it's whatever you know, whatever uh, perspective and energy you want to apply towards that, right? Yeah. What lens are you looking through at that problem or that challenge? You know what I mean. So, oh from gosh. what perspective? Yeah, it's absolutely exciting. beautiful. It's exciting when you look at a challenge. I know this sounds crazy, but I I kind of get excited about challenges now because I find it a challenge to get through it smoothly. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, oh, we got this one today. Whatever it is comes up, Facebook went down, whatever. And you message me, you're like, this happens sometimes. And, you know, I'm sure some people were really worried or whatever. And I'm like, well, I'll tell you, I mean, this is what it is. You know what I mean? Millions and millions of dollars for those few hours went down the drain, not just for you, but for Mm a ton of people, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And Facebook will compensate to some sort, right? To some extent, but not not everything. Inevitably, there was a loss, right? But obviously, we get a lot more gain than loss because otherwise, Facebook wouldn't even exist. So right. There, you know, there's a beauty to it. We got to still appreciate, right? Oh, yeah. Gosh, I couldn't yeah. be reaching these millions of people without Facebook. You know what I mean? So if they're going to have a blip on their radar once in a while, so we forgive it. We forgive it. Yeah, of course. I mean, stuff happens, everything, you know, I'm going to have a day where I'm off. Facebook's going to have a day when it's off. You know what I mean? It's just, it just is what it is. So you just flow with it and not let that get you, get you all riled up. It's just like the stock market. I don't look at it every single day because it's just like, I'm not going to be using that money for many years. (laughs) I want to make strategic decisions. Yeah, but I just don't get emotionally involved daily with it. You know what I mean? That's, That's too much otherwise. 
I want to ask you one last question, but this one's actually for them more. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the biggest advice they could get from you? Mm. Whether they're starting their business, thinking about starting, maybe during back in those days where you were thinking about it, or they have, and maybe they're just stuck. What's some mm -hmm. of these things? I would say bounce your idea off of multiple people who you truly respect and who have already been there. Um, I would say reach out and find at least three to five people that you could show either your business plan or your talk about your vision with and not just your family, like your mom who wants to cheer you on, not those kinds of people. Go find people who have already succeeded at what you've done or have failed, maybe even failed, and go pick their brain about what, what they think about your vision. And somebody who's kind of unbiased, you know what I mean? Sometimes we have those family members who just, or somebody in our life that kind of wants to hold us back. Don't go asking those people for advice. So I would really truly say find yourself three to five mentors who have already done it show them what you have or talk about your vision and get their honest and goodness feedback about it and then make some strategic decisions from there. That's amazing. Consider the source for sure. Yes. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, I mean, I used to ask um, somebody in my life, one of my family members about stuff and she would just give me raw advice. I say raw um, because she didn't want me to succeed in life because it meant I might leave her. It was coming out of her own fear. So she was actually, in a sense, standing in my way and putting some thoughts in my head about like, no, I don't think that's going to work, even though it's definitely working. You know what I mean? So um, there's certain people that will just, you know, try to sabotage you, um, not because they're mean people. It's out of their own fear. Um, and so it's really making sure you're bobbing and weaving and choosing the right mentors or Go hire a life coach or go hire three life coaches. I love different perspectives. I love different coaches and every coach out there needs to be coached themselves and in multiple facets, uh, relationship coach, business coach, multiple business coaches. You know what I mean? I just, I think it's so important to have mentors everywhere around you. Yeah. And what about your favorite books? If you could mention at least like three of them or so. Yeah. I know you're, you're a reader too, right? Yes, I am a big reader here. I have my Audible account right here, and I, I fly through books like crazy. My three favorite books, I already mentioned one of them, is The Big Leap. And that's really what got me. There's two very general concepts in it. Uh, but one was to understand my zone of genius, what I'm really good at, and be comfortable and be creative without sourcing the other stuff that lowers my energy or I'm not as good at. Um, and the other one in that book was the natural ceiling we put over ourselves. So if, if you think you're only worth $50,000 and all of a sudden you start making $100,000, we will subconsciously start sabotaging ourselves right back down to that $50,000. So that's the big leap. Um, I loved the, the power of intention. That kind of opened my mind to the thought of manifestation or uh, whether you want to call it manifestation or not, but just the really uh, opening my mind about creating a vision and just driving forward to it and then watching all the doors that swing open along the way as long as you're open to seeing them so that one was a very 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 powerful book for me and then I love the book profit first actually for business because it just taught me um it just taught me to look at the finances of a business but just the concept of a business in such a different mindset it was completely reverse of what I always thought um how finances worked in a business and so that one is 
one of the things that gives me 100% certainty that we're moving forward with this business properly. So I love the book Profit First. It's one of my favorites for business. So those would be probably my top three. I've read hundreds of them. It's hard for me to choose, but those are the three that just came to mind. Those are all fantastic books. I've read The Big Leap. I have not read the other two, so I got to get on that. And uh, even when you were just mentioning some of this stuff, I had some realizations. Good. I'm so glad. Yes. We, so, bounce, we bounce off of each other quite a bit. I love learning from you too. It's awesome. Always. Where can people find you? Well, a couple places is my website is tiffanyarmstrong.net, just like it sounds, T-I-F-F-A-N-Y. Um, and then right on Facebook, it's if you just look up Tiffany Armstrong, I'm the first self-defense page that'll pop up. So you can find me. I'm very active on there with um, different video tips and things like that. And it's not just about self-defense. It's about empowerment and a whole bunch of other things to move us forward in life. And then on Instagram, it's Tiffany underscore D, as in dog, underscore Armstrong. I don't know why I said dog for the D, though. That's probably not, not good. But anyway, that's where you can find me on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tiffany. Yeah, thank you. This has been great. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening to the Masters of Influence podcast. If you got value from this episode, please leave us a review and subscribe so that you can enjoy the next episodes that are going to include a YouTube expert. They're going to include a product creation expert, vision, sales and marketing, everything and anything to help you grow your audience and your engagement so you can scale up your monetization. I will see you on the next episode.